You may be seated. So how many of you are here for basketball this weekend? Raise your hand. A lot of you are. That's great. That's wonderful. It's basketball season. How many of you are going to be watching uh, the Bears and the Packers later on today? Some of you will do that. Uh, It's football season as well. But I want to talk to you about my favorite sport, which is baseball. Baseball. So how many of you have ever been to a major league, a major league baseball game? Raise your hand. Okay, many of you have. How many of you have ever caught a ball? A foul ball or a home run ball? Some of you. So where and when? Do you remember? Third base line. line. Cubs. Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field. Okay. Were you a kid or or an adult? Okay. Like 10 years ago. Somebody else. I saw way over there. Jack, is that you? Okay, King Counter Coo, yeah, they're a lot of fun to watch. Any other, uh, Wrigley Field, or Hank, where, where at? In, okay. Triple A team. Oh, you got to go way back to, for Carl Erskine. Anybody else? You had another one over there? Oh, you got a ball at Wrigley Field too. Okay, so... That is an incredible experience. If you have caught a baseball, especially at a major league game, I've been to hundreds of major league games, never caught a baseball, not even close. And I've had some good seats too. So I want to talk to you about another ball, not just any ball, and another batter. Someone went to a game, his name was Philip Ozerski. Remember that, Philip Ozerski, the date, September the 27th, 1998. There's a picture up there, I think, of the guy who hit it. He played for that other team uh, downstate. Yeah, there you go, called. (laughs) Mark McGuire, on that date, hit a ball. It bounced off the back wall. And Philip Ozerski is a 26-year-old research scientist. The ball literally landed in his lap. And before you could even say, I'm rich, he was an instant millionaire. Because just a few months later, he auctioned off that ball. You want to guess how much? $2.7 million. 22 times the previous record. Now that's incredible. If you were to catch a Major League Baseball and then auction it for nearly $3 million. But let's do something even more incredible. How much do you think it would be worth if you could record the voice of God? To have an actual, authentic recording be worth a lot more than $3 million, wouldn't it? Because not only would you prove that God exists, but you know what he said, right? Well, we can do something like that. You know, the Greek word for man is anthropos, and it simply means to look up. What do you see? All right, it'd be better if you were outside, and it'd be better if it were nighttime. Maybe in the summer, on a clear night, what would you see? 
you'd see the star. You would have this incredible experience, and you've probably done this. I did this when I was a kid. We would go out into the backyard. There on the farm, there weren't a lot of lights around. You could just look up, and you could just be overwhelmed by the majesty and the power of God. So the stars truly say that God is real. But not just the stars. Maybe if you've been camping and you're out in a field, you have the wildflowers all blooming around you. Or maybe if you're like me, I'm from the Midwest, grew up in Missouri, never been to the coast till I was an adult. To actually go out then and, and see the ocean for the very first time. And not just the, the vastness, but if you get into the ocean and, and see the, the fish and all the creatures that God has created. Or maybe it was the first time you were on a mountain to see the incredible vistas all before you. The psalmist 3,000 years ago said this, The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. So the stars say that God is real. The mountains say that God is real. The wildflowers say that God is real. The oceans say that God is real, but not every human says that God is real. In fact, even believers like us wonder from time to time. We have doubts. Oh, maybe not that, that God exists, but just who he is. And so we have questions. Why does God allow suffering in the world if he is so good and mighty? And especially when it's personal. When you're real or your loved one is ill. When, when things go wrong, when there's conflict in Christian family, is God real? So we all have this doubt from time to time because as we see, it takes faith. And faith is having that confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what what we do not see. Now, some of you know my background. Before I was a pastor, I was a high school biology teacher. And many of my colleagues, not in the Lutheran school where I taught, but later on in the public school, would always wonder. They knew that I was a Christian, that I was a believer. I actually had the privilege of teaching creationism in high school 35 years ago, which was unheard of in most places. And we would have these discussions about uh, creation and evolution. And they, they would often tell me, well, you are weak. You're unscientific. Where's the evidence that there truly is a God? Well, we're going to do a little exercise here because I want to prove to you as a believer and as you are defending your own faith and being assured in what you already believe, that you're not weak. So let me ask you this question. How many of you have money in the stock market? Anybody? Why? Why? Why, why would you do that? All right, another question. How many of you have money in the bank? Anybody? Why? Why would you do that? How, better question yet. How many of you are married? Why? Why, why would you do that? Well... It's not blind faith, is it? 
You use faith all day long, all the time. If you have money in the stock market, it's because you've done a little bit of research. You understand that over time, the market will go up. If you have money in the bank, it's probably because your bank has never failed. And so you have some trust, some confidence. And if you're married, it's, it wasn't just blindly. You just didn't pick the very first person that you saw, maybe. You got to know that person. You found out about them. You met their family. You dated them for a while. And you did so because you wanted to have that lifelong commitment from a person that you love. We don't use our faith blindly. We see this God who has put everything in motion. We look at the beauty and the, and the grandeur and the majesty. And we can only come to the conclusion that God definitely is real. But let's go another step further. Go beyond the beauty of the creation and look at its complexity. So again, turn to the person next to you and say, stuff exists. Can you do that? Just turn to the person next to you. Stuff exists. Now, that's a problem. That's a problem for the atheist. Because once stuff exists, then you have to explain how it got there. Right? So I have something in my pocket. What is this? Looks like a watch. How did it get there? I put it there. It didn't just magically appear, did it? No. A few minutes ago, before the service, the watch was sitting there, and I put it in my pocket. So how does a watch work? This is an older watch. You have to wind it. Kinetic energy. There are gears, springs, connected to the hands on the face which display its time. There is this scientific principle that says for every effect, there has to be a what? A cause, right? There has to be a cause. And for everything in the universe, there has to be a cause. For everything that exists, there has to be a cause. We might say that everything is contingent upon something else. So I've got a few pictures here again. Let's just go through these really quickly. Trees outside. Someone tell me where do trees come from? Seeds. What else do trees need in order to grow? What's up there in the sky? There is air. There is the sun. There is water. There is soil. The trees are contingent upon all of those things. Next picture. Who is this? Justin Fields. What team does he play for? Chicago Bears. The Bears are contingent upon their players. The players are contingent upon the coaches. They depend on them. The coaches are, are contingent upon the owners in order to pay them. The owners are contingent upon raving fans like you and me who are disappointed every single year <laughs> to pay for the tickets. It is all contingent. We have a few more. The earth is contingent upon the sun, the solar system, gravity. 
a little baby is contingent. It depends upon mom and dad to nurture it, to feed it, to take care of it. Your eyeball, it doesn't just hang there. It is embedded in your head. It's connected to your brain. Your brain is connected to your body. They're all contingent. I could go on and on and on and on. But we understand that everything in the universe came from something else. Nothing got here all by itself. And yet there are those who would say that a watch or anything else created itself. That over billions and billions of years, if I were to break this watch and scatter it into a hundred pieces, that eventually it could put itself back together. Do you believe that? A watchmaker made the watch. Something outside of it, something greater than it. And so also in this universe, who is responsible? Someone greater and outside all of us. A God who in the very beginning said, let there be. And there was. Now that's a pretty good argument so far, you might say. You might convince enough people. And you could say we're done, except the clock says only 13 minutes. So we couldn't possibly be done. How about this? My conscience says that God is real. Your conscience says that God is real. You don't have to raise your hand for this question, but let me ask you, how many of you have ever said something that you knew was not true? Again, don't raise your hand. How many of you have ever taken something that you knew was not yours? And I could go through the other eight commandments and we would all have to raise our hand. We are all guilty. But here's the point. When you were about to say something that you knew that you shouldn't say, either it wasn't true or it was going to hurt someone else, did you have a little voice in your head that said, don't say it? And yet you said it anyway. And that time or those times when you knew that you were doing something wrong. Wasn't there a little voice in your head that said, don't do it? And yet you did it anyway. You see, morals can vary from person to person, don't they? Even from society to society. Depends on where you grew up and how you were raised. And yet every person has morals. Every person has a conscience. And so why did you disobey that little voice? Because our morals were not self-invented, but they came from a higher source. God has placed in us a sense of morality, a conscience, because he knows that we are not going to obey his laws perfectly, and yet with a conscience, there will be less conflict, less pain, less destruction, less sin from you and me. Finally, the best, the best reason of all 
for God is this. Jesus himself proves that God not only exists, but that he loves us. You see, there's a lot of people out there who would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I, when I discussed with my science teacher colleague, oh, yeah, there's, 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 there's a God out there. There's a, there's a higher power. There's a, a creator. Set everything in motion. But they didn't believe in a God who loves them. We all know Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. If you go to the end of chapter 1, what does it say? God looked at everything after six days, and what did he say? He said, it is good. He looked at human beings and he said, it is very good. He looked at everything and he said, it is perfect. This is exactly how I wanted to make everything. But then what happened? Humankind, Adam and Eve, disobeyed the moral law that God had laid down. One simple rule, one tree, don't eat from that one. And of course they did. That brought sin into the world and all the problems and all the consequences. Sin has not only tainted humans, but every inch of our universe. It's why hurricanes sometimes kill people and destroy a good part of God's creation. And fires burn and tornadoes destroy. And people don't always do the right thing. Because not only have we broken the perfect relationship with God, but everything in the universe is broken. And that's why some people are blind. Sin has tainted their vision. And they can't see that there is a God, let alone a God who loves them. So this is the most important part of the message today. So pay close attention. The last point in your notes. In order to show his love for the world, God sent his son in the flesh. Jesus Christ was born, and we celebrated that birth two weeks ago. He grew up and he lived that perfect life that you and I, even in spite of our conscience, will not lead. And then he went to a cross, and there he suffered incredible pain and took all the sins of the world upon himself, yours and mine and everyone from all time, so that we could be forgiven, so that this relationship that God had intended when all was perfect, the one that we messed up, would be restored so we could enjoy the abundant life, all the blessings that God has for us right here on earth. And even more when we get to this place we call heaven. And one day the Lord will return in all of his glory and splendor and he will make everything perfect once again. The question we began with this morning is not the right question. Is God real? Absolutely. 
unequivocally, yes. If we only look up, if we only look around, if we only open our ears, it is incredibly obvious that there is a God. And as we look at the cross, we know there's not only a God, but one who loves us that he would give his life for us. And so the real question for you and for me is this. Can I trust him? Can I trust him? This God who created everything, this God who sent his son to die on the cross, can I trust him? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you believe that the sun will come up tomorrow? Raise your hand. How many of you believe that spring will follow winter, summer will follow spring, autumn will follow summer, and then winter again? You all believe that? Our God has put it all into place. Just as the earth continues on that 23-degree axis, just as we are the right distance from the sun, so those, those rays don't burn us up but rather bring life to this earth. The same God who put water here on this planet and no other one, that God, the one who made your body, the one who has given you your family, the one who is always there with you, if you can trust him to bring up the sun in the morning and the moon tomorrow night, and make spring follow winter every single time. You can trust him that the air is going to be there again tomorrow to breathe. Then won't you trust him with every area of your life? So now, we declare his praises. Truly, with our voices. Even though the stars and the sun and the moon are silent, as they proclaim his glory, we can do so with our own voices. And so we worship. And then whenever there is the opportunity, we share this God that we know who loves us in a logical and yet loving way with all of those who do not yet believe. So they might know the same God who loves us. Amen? Amen. We will watch a quick video about giving and then we'll continue with our worship. <laughs> 